Welcome back to another episode of the Pickup Music Pod. This is Carl Kerfoot, Head of Education. My co-host Sam Blakelock is out with another minor pickleball injury. This time, a slight sprain to his baby toe, I think it was. But he's going to be just fine, folks, and he'll be joining us next week. Now, of course, this podcast is all about improving your guitar skills. And today, we have a very special guest, Mr. Dan Kalisher. Now, let me tell you, folks, Dan is one of the top first call pedal steel session players in LA, but he's also a fantastic guitar player as well. And in my opinion, he's one of the most thoughtful and humble guys out on the scene. He was very generous with his time and he has some really kind of high level um, stuff to talk about. So if you're a beginner hoping to get to the next level or a seasoned pro, I think that you'll find something useful in what he has to say. Dan has toured with people like Grace Potter. He's played on a bunch of different records. And most recently, he has just gotten back from a massive tour with Noah Cyrus. And Dan, I see on social media, it seems like you guys have been having a lot of fun out there. Oh yeah, yeah. We we had a blast. Uh, we always have a blast together, and this tour was really fun. Uh, it took us all over North America, and just a real good time. Real fun to play with. That's amazing. Now, a couple months ago, I saw a blog from you, a blog article, and one of the topics in there was the six master skills, mm-hmm. and that's what we're going to focus on today, right? Yeah. Well, first of all, when I saw when I saw this article and I saw there's a there's a Venn diagram that you that you had to go with it. I was blown away because like from a pedagogical teaching standpoint, it's I just really connected with all the different elements and how and specifically how they connected together mm-hmm. um in the in the diagram. So, for anyone listening, uh, if you'd like to go check that out, um you can Google Dan Kalisher, Six Master Skills, and you'll be able to see um, this amazing article and also, you know, some of the visuals as well. But anyways, so give us a give us a bird's eye view of what the six master skills are. Let's just start with that. Sure. So the six master skills, it's really a uh, a concept that I sort of use to organize these broad skill areas, you know, that that basically get you closer to your goal of mastery of the instrument. The whole concept is that they're very circular. And of course, you mentioned there's a Venn diagram that goes with it that kind of illustrates this, but you don't even really need it to understand how each of the six master skills kind of like feed into one another, intersect with one another and create even more specific sort of sub paths as you get closer and closer to mastery. So first of all, let's just talk about what they are. First of all, fluency listening is number two. And these are in no specific order, by the way. Three is literacy. Four is time. Five is imagination. And six is openness. Essentially, again, it's like each of these things, if you were to sort of focus on one of them at a time, let's say you want to train your ear, that would kind of broadly fall under listening. But when you're training your ear, you're suddenly becoming more fluent in whatever genre or whatever sound you're trying to learn, you're becoming more literate in whatever it's taking from in kind of understanding what it means. Your time is improving, it's inspiring you, so your imagination is getting fed, and then you're becoming open to learning new things, you know? And so it's just kind of an intro to how it all, how the concept all works. Love it. So one more time, fluency, listening, literacy, 
time, imagination, and openness. That's right. I love that. Yeah. So do you want to walk us through maybe you know each one a little bit, go into sure. detail on each one? Sure. So we'll start, I guess, at the top with fluency. It is what it means, right? Like you speak a language fluently, you can speak it, you can understand it, you can 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 most importantly speak with intention, even if you're not sure of exactly what you're going to say next, like you and I right now, I'm still being intentional in the way that I'm speaking to you. So fluency really, really reflects like how well you know your instrument, how well you can play a line, how well you can play different triads in different places, recall all your scales, know all your keys, all of this kind of stuff that sort of just demonstrates that you're fluent in the guitar or the bass or the drums or whatever it is that you're playing. The other side of fluency is, you know, and this is kind of mentioned in the article uh, in regards to kind of be becoming a pro guitar player, is fluency with your tools, your gear fluency, knowing all of your guitars inside and out, what pickups do what, what your knobs do your amps, your pedals, how to string them all together, you know, being fluent in, in that, in, in, in your gear. And then the third part of it is, um, is, uh, genre fluency, right? And that doesn't necessarily mean you need to be a master country guitar player, a master jazz guitar player, a master Brazilian guitar player, right? That just means that you're fluent to, you know, if if you, Carl, get called to go play a jazz gig, right? And I guess it's not such a good example because you actually studied it, but let's say you didn't really know, right? But you understand the harmony enough, you understand how to get the right tone, you understand, you know, a certain degree of what it sounds like. You know what I mean? Let's say then, it was the the country stuff that we did on for the country learning pathway. At exactly. Up, exactly. <laughs> right. It's like I was like, I need to check out my fluency on this. Yes, exactly. It's like it's it, yeah. it's it's like you're not check neither of accent. us are neither neither of us are Brad Paisley, right? <laughs> right, right. But right. we know enough to go, okay, well, maybe I'll grab a telly and I'll stick it on this pickup and I'll throw a compressor yeah. and a little slapback delay. And I'll yeah. hybrid pick a little bit and I'll play open chords and boom, I'm going to sound good on this. Like even if I'm not right. like living and breathing country guitar my entire life. Well, one thing with this too that comes to mind with fretboard fluency is like, of course, the cage system. Of course. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. And the caged is a really great way to visualize all of the common arteries, the, the all of everything like across the neck, all, all, you know, how to connect C to C on every string, through every string set, through every triad, all of your harmonies, you get to just visualize it. You know, guitar is so visual that using cage is such a great way to promote fluency, like kind of quickly, you know what I mean? Amazing. So there's kind of like three aspects to fluency that you discussed there. Um, so then maybe that leads us to listening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So listening now, we're going to separate from fluency because obviously, like I said earlier, it all leads into one thing leads into the next and feeds the next. But listening on its own, it's really, it's really, you know, I like to describe it as as the the practice of using the space around us to guide our instincts of what to do. And so we have to ask ourselves what do we hear? You know, 
how do we hear these chords? Are they major? Are they minor? It's like ear training is one kind of element of it, right? What is the feel? What is, is it swinging? Is it straight? Are there accents? Is it, what meter is it in? You know, what is it, is it kind of floaty? Is it tight? Is it driving? Is it angry? Is it soft? Is, you know, these are all things that we need to kind of consider when we listen to something. And then once we sort of take all that in, you know, and we're, we're picking out, we're picking out like just, we're sort of, again, we're using the space around us to guide our instincts. We, we decide on what then we want to hear from ourselves. How do we contribute to this space around us? How do we become part of the space rather than playing to the space? How do we play with the space? You know, using, making tonal decisions, making, you know, parts decisions. You know, this is of course in an example, like let's say we're in a band and we're the guitar player and there's a keys player, there's a bass player and a drummer, and maybe there's another guitar player, you know? So we need to listen to what's going on around us to make decisions to help our instincts be guided as to what to do. And again, that's where, you know, fluency will help us with that. Right. Right. It is kind of tied together. Exactly. And that's where the, the Venn exactly. diagram comes in exactly. a little bit. But there's also the aspect when I think of listening of like ear training as well. Right? Of course. Of course. So yeah. it's, it's like being musically aware uh, mm -hmm. and knowledgeable, like mm -hmm. putting in the homework of like listening, like of active course. listening and all that. But then the other aspect of that would be, yeah, like, like knowing your, knowing what a minor chord sounds like or sure. a diminished chord or whatever. Sure. And this is also, again, now even to jump to the next one, because it ties perfectly into literacy, right? Yeah. So we right. talk about literacy and, and we talk about, you know, it literally means reading, right? If you, if you're literate, that means you can read, but there's so much more to it. Like to be literate, right. to go, I can just spit out to you the D, the notes in D major. You know what I mean? I know that if I, if you tell me, you know, if you tell me, uh, where, where, we're in F and the chords go, uh, four, five, six, one, you know, it's like, right. you just know what that is. You know what I yeah. mean? Because you're literate in the, in the language of music. It and doesn't mean that course, you can read music because reading music right. is for losers. Right. <laughs> yeah. Who, who does that? <laughs> Except me and you, <laughs> but you know, like, um, you know, it's, 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 it's one side of it is like being literate in the language, right. To where it's like, oh, the four of F is B flat, you know, and uh, you know, whatever it is. And then the other side of it, of course, is reading because also if you're, if you're, even if you're not going pro or even if you're, if you're, um, if you're just, you know, playing with a, a band or whatever, and you just, you got to learn a couple songs, it might help to know how to write out a chart and not to in perfect notation, but even to make shorthand to write down little rhythm, rhythmic, uh, hits that happen. You know what I mean? To just kind of, you know, be able to sort of read some kind of, uh, visual that helps you learn or remember, right? So there's two sides to that coin, even more, more, you know, sides to that coin. If you consider then the way it segues into the next master skill, which is time being sort of literate in a way where you can understand a uh, rhythm, you know, quarter notes, eighth notes, 16th notes, right? Like this is the opposite. This is not the opposite, the other side of the language of music, right? You have the notes on one and then you have the rhythm on the other, right? So time, 
is is really fed by that too because it really helps you to understand rhythm and time yeah right yeah so when we talk about time we have to understand also that there is a line between time and feel right because time right. is literally i put a metronome on and i'm counting one two three four one two and what it is it's really just keeping it's keeping my rhythm honest it's it's yeah. sort of allowing me and also like the nuts and bolts of understanding subdivision exactly so like it's like okay you're not just counting one two three four but you might understand that i could subdivide that with one e and a two e and a three exactly four e and a one to to triple it triple it Mm -hmm. eighth note eighth note but then there's the feel aspect and that's where you're getting to right (laughs) exactly exactly so even to take this and and just pepper in some listening some literacy and some fluency (laughs) you can take something that says one E and a two E and a three E and a four E and a one E and a two. And then if you're listening in the right context, right? Or depending on what the context is, maybe the feel is one E and a two E and a three E and a four E and a one E and a two. Right. You know, excuse my horrible beatboxing, but you know, the, the whole thing about time is that really it just informs the feel it it's like a and a good feel leads then to better time subdividing yeah. is the key right mm. and there's a lot of ways that you can feel time you know you can we we do it every day and some sometimes not even knowing it like when we walk when we're just taking a walk if we're just listening to a podcast and taking a walk or listening to some music and taking a walk our steps are not really straying from a a consistent rhythm right that's keeping Mm -hmm. time if we're just resting and we're chilling our heartbeats are just keeping a consistent rhythm we breathe in a consistent rhythm right we have natural rhythms inside of us already cueing into that and understanding that we are able already just to keep time using the context around us by listening and being fluent in the language of music and, and and being literate in the language of music will allow us to feel that time, to understand how to express the time that, w- that we're, we're sensing into a feeling, you know? And there's lots of ways we can do that too, even like on a, on a musical tip, you know, like a lot of times... You know, I like to feel something maybe in a different meter, or I might like to feel a rhythm on an upbeat instead of a downbeat. Like if I've got like a one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four kind of rhythm, I might, I might sort of like that kind of maybe helps me bounce a little bit more, or maybe I even feel it in halftime. Mm. right it's sort of like what you just did there was so fluid you you fluidly can change your the way your body feels the way Mm -hmm. that you're uh, feeling the accents i can Mm -hmm. see your Mm -hmm. whole being like shift fluidly uh for those listening he was very suave very very smooth and suave with it (laughs) it's the only um, only place i'm smooth in really (laughs) 
<laughs> but um, you know, that's one of the the smaller parts of this diagram here is fluidity, mm-hmm. and I think it's such a such a cool one that it, it is smaller because it takes longer to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is like a super important one, you know. Right, exactly. So if you look, you know, if you think about, you know, this just to describe sort of the visual a little bit, time and literacy intersect at rhythmic understanding. And then time mm-hmm. and openness intersect at feel. And then right. rhythmic understanding and feel intersect at fluidity. Right. You know, if you understand rhythm and you can feel it, you will become fluid. You know, right. your rhythm, you will become fluid. You're open, you're literate, and you're, you know how to play in time. You're, you will play fluidly, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. that's, that's, a, that's a, a good point, you know, about that. Um, and thank you for that observation. <laughs> Let me just do a quick recap here. We've got fluency, listening, mm-hmm. literacy, time. Those right. are the big four that we've covered. What are right. the last, what's the next one? Okay. So the next one we're going to talk about is imagination. And imagination is cool because it's the only one of the six master skills that is completely unique to you, right? Because we can all study the same material. We can all study the same literature. We all can subdivide and feel time, right? Um, And, and, and we can all listen, (laughs) right? (laughs) But imagination is like, no, no two imaginations are the same. This is, this is your, this is where kind of you come in as the individual. And, and if you think about it, all music that we hear, everything that we hear ever is the product of somebody else's imagination or a collective of imaginations. Mm, Right. You know, and, and, you know, the important thing to know about this is, is that it's, it's almost, you can sort of think about it as the most important one because music is imagination like everything that we're talking about right now subdivision rhythm notes notation what all of it it's all just imagined right so it not to get too deep and too philosophical but it's like if we think about it that way Hmm. it sort of gives us permission to to just be in the music you Hmm. know what i mean and not worry about a lot of this other stuff because while we focus a lot on like learning technical skills and theory knowledge like we need to to let our imaginations into our process because music is art and we it's it's easy to forget that a lot of times especially with ai coming for us yeah yeah that's (laughs) the one advantage that we still have maybe (laughs) i don't know but you know and, and that's not to say like don't practice your scales just use your imagination it's more so let let everything inform your imagination and again this is how it all is circular right it's like the more you learn the more fluent you become the more you listen the more you feel like learn how to feel time the more you get sort of literate in the in language of music it's like then you're going to become more inspired you know yeah your imagination right. will start to fire off in different ways you know? Yeah. And so like, you know, if you, again, like to reference the diagram, like at the intersection of imagination and listening is inspiration, mm-hmm. you know, and, and at the intersection of fluency, listening and imagination is visualization. How do we visualize where we're going to go? How do we see what we want to happen? You know, and it's, it's not just with our eyes, but it's with our minds too. I really like that. Particularly 
that imagination is the one unique thing out of out of all yeah. these that that we bring to the table, you know, um, yeah. which is, you know, and again, the whole point of these is kind of um, this is to achieve mastery, right? And so, right. in order to as truly achieve can. mastery as best we can, yeah. Right. And, you know, the imagination component is what's going to make mastery, our version of mastery be unique to us. Exactly. Exactly. Because just a side note, like mastery, and I may have mentioned this earlier, like I, I personally believe that, you know, it's, it's, it's an unattainable goal, right? Like we can only be as good as we, as we allow ourselves to be. And, and, you know, I think just the whole concept of mastery is just sort of like a, a carrot on a fishing line, like just out of reach. It's like, we always have to reach for it. You know what I mean? And maybe that's a bad example because I do feel like we're always going to get closer to it. I don't feel like it's just like, we're never going to get closer. But the whole point is, is that it's a lifelong journey and there's always something to learn. Right. And this is where, this is where openness comes in. Knowing that the journey never ends. There's always something new to learn. Let us yeah. run into the last one. Openness. I, Openness. Yeah. This is where Beautiful. openness comes in. Knowing that the journey is never over. There's always something new to learn. There's always a way that we can further our journey towards mastery. And knowing that once something is learned to find ways to take it to the next level, pushing yourself further, taking initiative to teach yourself new things, you know, learning new skills, learning a new instrument, learning, you know, how to translate what you already know to something else in your life. You know what I mean? Um, being open also means, you know, being open to learning from others and not just teachers or people that might be more experienced than us, but there's a lot to learn from people that maybe are younger from uh, than us and, and are less experienced than us too. You could always learn something from, from, from everybody. And so being sure. open uh, allows all the other six masters, uh, the rest of the, I guess there's five left, allows them all to function, you know, because you have to be open in the first place to accept all of this stuff. Man, that's really, really beautiful. Really well said. Um, and again, I would definitely encourage anyone listening to, you know, just do a quick Google and and check out the Venn diagram because it will really help bring all of this together for you. So, Dan, I'm kind of curious, um, how did you develop this and why? <sighs> well, okay, the the why, I'll answer the why first. So, it was, it, so I went, so you and I, first of all, let's go back to when you and I met, which was <laughs> I was leaving the grad program at USC and you were mm -hmm. coming in. I right. was leaving. I left mid, uh, mid degree because I yep. started touring yep. and you had just moved here and we met. Right. So that's how we met. Right. So, so that was, when was that? It was 2010. Mm -hmm. So then fast forward 11 years later, we're in the pandemic and I decided to go back. I decided to finish the, my unfinished master's degree. Right. So I went back to USC for my last uh, year of the program. And I took a class with our mutual friend and mentor, Frank Potenza. It was a pedagogy class. Yeah. And it was, it was essentially like a project, like sort of design, uh, uh, a, uh, I don't remember if it was a lesson plan or a course. It was maybe it was like a, a course or something. And it was essentially, it made me really think about if I'm going to teach something, you know, I, I, I thought I wanted, I thought I was thinking broader than just like, I'm going to teach 
scales. I'm going to teach this. It's more like, how do I, how does my, my philosophy on being a musician, right? What does it really mean to me? And it's more than notes and it's more than scales and it's more than repertoire. You know, it's, it's, it's these. So, so I basically, I basically just kind of freeformed it. It just kind of, I was like, well, there's six areas, right? There's just six areas in which they all intersect with each other. I don't know. I I can't even bring you back to the moment that I thought of it. I just kind of felt, I was like, Mm -hmm. well, if you're fluent, if you can read, if you know how to listen, if you're imaginative, if you're open to new things and you have good time, then that's it. Right. (laughs) And so it was just kind of broadly that. And then the idea of how they intersected sort of just came with a lot of like meditation on that and like, Mm. okay, what does it mean to be fluent? Like, well, what about ear training? What about feel? What about feeling free? What about fluidity? What about execution? What about originality? What about fearlessness? Like how does, where, how does this all like, and the, and it, it just kind of all came together and, and how these, all of these broad skills just sort of intersect with each other and bring you each of these new skills, you know, and the deeper inside the circle that you get to the little mastery um, label, you know, you get terms like fearlessness, curiosity, spontaneity, depth, originality, wisdom. You go outwardness, awareness, discovery, style, execution, expression, growth, Outward again, creativity, visualization, interpretation, connection, fluidity, versatility. You know, it just kind of, it all branches out from there, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you can, you can just kind of, you can put any of these two or three or four skills together and come up with some kind of answer to the equation, you know, of what it will get you, you know? So I just felt like it was just a, a very, a very broad yet precise way to describe I feel like just what I feel are the most important elements of mastering your instrument. Yeah, I think what we and hopefully other list myself and other listeners can can take away is um you know you, you're very intentional and thoughtful with this. You or you've been very intentional and thoughtful with this, which is um admirable and I think something that you know, if you want to be, if you want to get to the next level in your musicianship or with your guitar playing, it's not just about playing the next scale or whatever. Like Mm -hmm. if you start to think about it more holistically in this sense, Mm -hmm. then you're going to get there quicker and probably, um, with more depth Mm -hmm. and more, um, what's the word for it? I don't know, but it's just a more complete package if you think about it this mm-hmm. way, you know, mm-hmm. like you're not just going to be a good guitar player. You're a good musician. Wow. Well, this has all been very, very inspiring and interesting. And, um, you know, thank you so much for, uh, for, for writing this, this beautiful article and oh, also, of course. you know, just, just kind of being really, um, uh, you know, giving with, uh, with these concepts. Of course, you know, I, I, I really do feel, and this is going to sound kind of cheesy, but I, I, I feel like if, if you have knowledge to share, you should share it, you know, and I don't know who, who am I to sort of think that I could share knowledge, but you know, I feel like it, it resonates with a lot. Of, it definitely resonates with me. And like, if anything resonates with me and I really believe in it, like I like to share it because it might resonate with somebody else. Yeah. You know. Well, it definitely resonates with me and <laughs> you know, I think it's resonated with um a lot of uh a lot of people. So Awesome. Yeah. 
I'm so happy to hear that. Amazing stuff. All right, Dan. Well, thank you so much for being here again. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks for having Um, me. It was great. And uh, for any of you out there listening, again, Google Dan Kalisher, Six Master Skills, and you'll be able to read this article that um, we were initially drawn to and part of the reason why we brought Dan in today. So that's it for us. Thanks again for listening. And thank you, as always, for your likes and subscribes. And if you have time, leave us a little review. We'd really appreciate it. We're about 21 episodes deep into the podcast here, so it's just moving right along, and we really appreciate all of you out there listening. So thanks again, Dan, and we'll see everyone on the next one.